0: Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show.
1: Welcome to the program. Always an honor to sit in for Jim, be a part of the biggest and most important show in our industry. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you want to buy a home or refinance your current home, Rockets Cam, Brian Weber with you. If you're already groaning, I pause just to let the resonance of that sink in. I have positive news for you. Jim is back on Monday. Here's the bad news. I'm back tomorrow. But we've almost gotten through it together. As always, I will do my best to be clone friendly. We have structured the program to maximize the opportunities for you to be a part of the show. 1-800-636-8686. Emails, RomanHabitake.com. As always, Twitter's your best way to have your opinion heard. That is B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. And because I am familiar with supersizing, although I think I picked a jacket that actually fits today. Now, the shirt, a different story, but the jacket's not coming off. Don't worry if you're watching on the stellar simulcast, on CBS Sports Network, merely two guests will join us over the span of the next three hours, in part because I'm a narcissist and think I'm just that fascinating. Secondly, I want you to have a chance to chime in. So I have structured the program to go Hard on the NFL with the preseason quote-unquote officially kicking off tonight. It's week one after we had the Hall of Fame game last week between the Raiders and the Jags. Yes, it was a meaningless exhibition that we had to endure a rain delay for the game to finally kick off. Yet millions of us watched it because it's football. Our first guest will not join us until 1.40 Eastern time. Wrapping up hour number two of the program, we take across the NFL with Jarrett Bell. Just got honored by the Hall of Fame, long-time columnist for USA Today and other outlets. We'll talk about the key components that have already developed throughout training camp and the real probability Deshaun Watson's appeal finding will be released either today or or tomorrow, because it's pretty clear the league does not want him on the preseason field beyond what's coming up with a regular season. So it's Jared Bell joining us in the second hour. We wrap up the program talking college football with my great friend. If I'm talking college football, I'm talking to Pete Futek from collegefootballnews.com. We will make the move to the college game in 20 minutes because in just over two weeks, week zero kicks off. Doesn't have caffeine, doesn't have sugar, but we will see Northwestern and Nebraska in Dublin, Ireland, beyond the particulars of what's going to happen on the field. As always, we'll take a big-picture look at the key elements in college football. Unfortunately, we just keep talking about consolidation, money, and greed. Sounds like the formula for a good soap opera. Much as, segue has been developing in New England. So, with the matchups coming up tonight, Giants taking on the Patriots. And you think Big Blue, you think Eli Manning, he's going to the Hall of Fame primarily because of those two unlikely Super Bowl victories over Bill Belichick's football team. A reminder, the Giants have not won a single playoff game since they won that last Super Bowl after the 2011 season. But... It's not that interesting to kick the poor Giants while they're down. I do think there's a little bit of intrigue surrounding should there be any improvement coming from Daniel Jones this year. But I'm throwing out that question rhetorically because we know the answer. And I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. Your phone calls available 1-800-636-8686. Tweets on the way in 15 minutes. Screened by producer Tom, who is here who is natalie attired in the sartorial so splendor. And Garrett showed up. Whatever happened to the tie bit? Game on. Have you just decided you don't care about anything? I'm glad you made it to try to push the buttons. But the distinction in so many different categories as I peruse from my right to my left is astonishing. I found a link between you two. It involves Dwight D. Eisenhower and Columbia University. And that'll kick off hour number two of the program. This is Forward not cool. promoting. I just need five more minutes, ten more minutes, because I don't want to spend more than 60 seconds on Daniel Jones. We know who he is. Go back to what he failed to do at Duke. Do you need another reminder that Dave Gettleman had no idea what he was doing as the GM of the New York Football Giants? And I'm not bashing him because he doesn't understand that technology thingy. Look, I have a computer that may or may not work. It could be just a prop from a showbiz element. But Gettleman has proven time and time again, with the majority of his first-round picks flaming out, this guy was another reason why The Giants have to blow the whole thing up, and that starts with moving on from Daniel Jones. I guess the team wants to give him one small window with a new head coach, Brian Dable, coming over from Buffalo to redeem himself. But we'll talk about this with Jarrett Bell coming up in the second hour of the program. Why aren't the Giants more interested in Jimmy Garoppolo unless they are just resigned to having another abysmal season and be irrelevant once more and say... We'll throw away this year, let Dayball figure things out as a first-time head coach in the league, which seems like a hideous business plan, but Giants have thousands of loyal season ticket holders who show up either way. Giants aren't interesting. The Patriots are, for all the reasons that immediately come to mind, and whether you respect this team, and you have to respect them, or loathe this team, what is going on on the coaching staff is fascinating now the patriots are going through at this period of time what seattle is dealing with right now when you lose a hall of fame quarterback it ain't gonna be easy and i remember the conversation we had once brady made it clear he was departing from new england who deserves more credit for that dynastic run? Was it Brady? Was it Belichick? Of course, the answer is more nuanced and subtle, but that's now how it works in Sports Talk Radio. Well, think about where Seattle is now. If you are choosing between, uh, between Geno Smith, who's going to start their preseason opener, or Drew Locke, you don't have a choice. In fact, you got nothing. And maybe that's by design because... It looks like Seattle is saying, thank you very much. They'll be more guarded with the way they do it. There's no owner other than Paul Allen's sister to manage this transition. So you won't have the smoking gun of a Stephen Ross. Well, if you lost a game, maybe I would give you hundred grand. What if there were $100,000 in this hand? And you could lose a game in this hand, with that interest to you. But Seattle is blowing it up, and it's going to be just a horrendous year. The Patriots' transition has been less bumpy. But if you've not been paying attention to just a strange offseason in New England, in which they lost their best quarterback and J.C. Jackson, who signed with the Chargers, they now have a defense that's trying to... Make adjustments on the fly. A defense that, and I'm not going to bury you with stats because it's just the most monotonous form of radio, but I'll give you a number that stood out to me. The last time we saw the Patriots' defense on the field, Bill scored 47 points in that blowout. Almost dropped half a hundred on them in the wildcard round. So you say goodbye to your most impactful Defensive back, and you have a quarterback who is physically limited in Mac Jones. And this was evident coming out of Alabama. He just does not have the range of athletic ability you need to be a frontline starter in the National Football League. I'm not going to go through the pecking order. We don't have to slot things one through 10, but just use your eyeball test and point out. As you think about last year, the rapid decline of Mac Jones over the last third of the season, it wasn't just the rookie wall. The guy has a limited skill set. So understanding that and realizing there's a huge shift year one to year two for a quarterback because now opposing defensive coordinators have a full year of tape on you and know how to game plan more effectively – what the Patriots do to support a player who is not going to change the game on his own? Virtually nothing. Did they go out and get him a playmaker? No. Because apparently Bill Belichick, for all of his wisdom, is allergic to wide receivers who can actually make a difference. And that's one of the reasons why Tom Brady left. Beyond wanting to stick it to Belichick, in my opinion, and prove he could do it without the hoodie. He didn't have anybody who could catch the ball. Same scenario this year for the Patriots. Oh, by the way, not only is this group unproductive, they're the most expensive group of receivers, you throw a tight end in there as well, in the entire league. So they're not even getting any return on investment. In addition to that, as you're trying to support a young quarterback who is limited heading into year two, Do you uh, beef up the offensive line? No. Do you go out and get an experienced play caller to replace Josh McDaniels, who's now the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, and took a bunch of guys from that Patriot organization with him? No, because that would be too straightforward. Because I think what's going on is that Bill Belichick is trying to remind all of us he's the smartest guy in the room. And as a fill-in hack, of course, I have to personalize things, so... I have had a period in my life in which I believed I was the smartest guy in the room. I might have been a long time ago before I squandered a lot of education and became addicted to clutching a microphone. But if you are in fact the smartest person in any room, here's the key. You don't have to remind everybody. They can figure it out. We know about the unbelievable achievements of Bill Belichick the most accomplished head coach in this century in the National Football League. We're aware of the six Super Bowls, but it feels like Belichick at the age of 70, in addition to record chasing, and we'll talk about what's coming up as he's going after the all-time coaching victory mark held by Don Shula, in addition to proving that he doesn't need Tom Brady, Belichick from a distance seems to be saying to the entire football world, Who are you to question me? Because I don't need to go out and get a play caller or a young coach on the rise, somebody who went to Bible study camp with Sean McVay in 1992. If you have met Sean McVay, you have an opportunity to get a job in the NFL. Just gel your hair and talk about using the X receiver across the middle. But Belichick didn't want to do that because he knows better, right? Right. He's going to dip back into that stagnant coaching tree one more time. And because I'm in a good mood, filling it for Jim, I won't go through the entire limb-by-limb limb breakdown. We'll give poor Charlie Weiss a break today with a schematic advantage at a Applebee's near you right now. But Belichick is loyal, and that is admirable, But don't be loyal to the wrong people. So here comes Joe Judge, who was an absolute disaster with the Giants, trying the fake tough guy routine at press conferences. Nobody else would touch him. Well, apparently you have a lifetime job in New England if Bill likes you or you're related to him. And remember, you can't spell NFL without nepotism in there because if you've not been paying attention – and I look forward to your tweets coming up in 10 minutes when I mention the second generation of Belichick's. I have a sense there'll be a Geico caveman illusion coming up. There are now not one but two Belichick skyons on the sideline. I'm sure they really paid their dues. They earned that job. In addition to Joe Judge, who is a special teams coach at best, you have... My guy, Matt Patricia, coming back. And again, I'm trying to be generous. I don't want to just grab all the low-hanging fruit. I don't eat fruit. You know that. But Matt Patricia, who is a rocket scientist, he did go to RPI. There's a poly in there, Polytechnic Institute. And refined his resume on defense, has now been tasked with being the de facto offensive coordinator for the Patriots. Why? Why? Because Bill Pelajek said so. Matt Patricia has as much business calling plays as he does hosting a podcast to talk about grooming habits. None of this makes any sense. So when you read these reports and you see all of the breathless stand-ups at Patriot training camp that the offense looks horrible, well, what do you know? And I'm not going to freak out about anything going on on a practice field, nor anything we see in preseason games. And here's the good news, Patriot fans. Mac Jones not scheduled to play tonight, so I can't use whatever happens tonight to continue this rant when I'm back tomorrow in for the Hall of Famer Jim Rome. But all of this is just bewildering. But it comes down to the fact that Belichick believes he has earned the right to do whatever he can And for someone with that level of wisdom, he has omitted one key fact. He's not George Hallis. He's not Paul Brown. He doesn't own the football team. And did you notice what Robert Kraft said without even being pushed that hard by the media when he spoke at length in the spring at the owners' meetings? He independently brought up, well, we haven't won a playoff game in three years. Does this look like a playoff-winning football team to you? Let's just think about the division. I think the Bills are the best team in the AFC, and I'm more sold on Miami than many of you are because I believe in what Mike McDaniel can do. Sharp offensive mind. Part of that Shanahan coaching tree that seems to have a lot more potential than that rotting oak that Belichick has assembled over the years. You throw in Tyree Kill to just... Have the possibility that Tua can be more accurate. You only got to get it seven yards. Tyreek Hill will take it the other 65. And I know Tua has been radically inconsistent and injured. And it's clear Miami's been flirting with every breathing quarterback they think would be an upgrade, tampering, and that's been proven now with Tom Brady. They were into the Sean Watson sweepstakes. There's the Jimmy Garoppolo talk because of his relationship with McDaniel. But if Tua can just get it back to where he was at Alabama, completion rate, mid-60s to 70%, it's a Miami team that swept the season series from the Patriots last year. And I think on an overall assessment of the roster, they got more talent. So if Belichick is not winning a playoff game this year, And I don't see Mac Jones taking that radical step forward anytime soon. Let's say he doesn't win a playoff game next year. And I don't, again, want to be over the top. I'm not suggesting that if the Patriots start 1-5, in Robert Kraft is going to fire Bill Belichick. But when the owner's on the record saying, we haven't won a playoff game in three years heading into the season, and the future is murky, why does Belichick think somehow he has a lifetime contract? Because what this is all about is stat compiling. This is not for Hall of Fame enshrinement. This is about legacy security. And he's already got the rings, but he wants it all. How many boats can you water ski behind? Why'd you blow up this company? Because I could destroy it. Another contemporary reference, Wall Street 1987. If you haven't looked it up, that's my job after all. Dodd Shula finished with 328 wins. Belichick's in third place. Now at 290, regular season wins. So just do some basic math. Belichick needs essentially four more 10-win seasons. You want to throw in combined victories, and that's beneficial for Belichick. With all the playoff wins, he's 26 wins behind Shula. But either way, he needs some 10-win seasons. I don't see it this year, and then we'll figure out what's going to happen next year. But I think there's a real possibility if this is all that's important to Belichick, in addition to trying to demonstrate he never needed Tom Brady, a reminder, he never did anything without Tom Brady as a head coach, one winning season in his five years in Cleveland. In addition to trying to demonstrate that he doesn't have to follow conventional wisdom because he's got the highest football IQ of all time, he certainly, with his ego, wants to walk away as the winningest head coach, We've ever seen the NFL. I don't know that he's going to have that opportunity in New England. And would it be fitting, as we wrap it up, if it comes full circle and there's Belichick just hanging on to get the record and he earns that possibility as the head coach of, you guessed it, the New York Jets after his brilliant 24-hour run and then the resignation, Jets are so desperate for anything that feels like it's positive, Robert Salah strikes me as overmatched. So mark it down. Hot take one. 19 minutes into the program. When Belichick earns that victory that puts him one more than Don Chula, win number 329, it won't be with the New England Patriots. I'm Brian Weber, just getting warmed up always in a great frame of mind, looking to have a good time with you. 1 800 636 8686. Emails on the way. RomanHavatake.com. Your tweets will be addressed straight ahead. That is BW Weber, Weber with two B's. In 20 minutes, back to the NFL. It's an exercise I try to go through every summer, primarily because it allows me to hit on a lot of teams quickly. Who's going from worst to first to win their division? It's happened every year, but for two seasons over the last two decades. Up next, though, we're talking college football. Week zero, the start of the season, just over two weeks away, preseason coaches poll came out the other day, Alabama, what do you know? Number one coming off that rebuilding season that landed them in the national title game has all the talk of consolidation and NIL collectives and the decline of rivalries lessen your fandom. Talk about that and matters on the field as well. I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. You're in the jungle. It's CBS Sports Radio.
0: Oh, yeah. I absolutely love that sound. Brings a smile to my face every single time because... That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. That's why I love that sound. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere and synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. They can do all of that for you. Listen, scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. I know this. I know where we started. I know where we are right now. And I'm still on that journey. And like mine, Shopify powers over millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. Go to shopify.com/rome all lowercase and get a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com/rome right now, all lowercase. That's shopify.com/rome.
1: Always a distinct pleasure to have a chance to hang out with you and have a good time here in the jungle. 1-800-636-8686. More emails could be on the way. I read a bunch last week. I'm open to doing the same today. Romanavatake.com. Twitter is B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs. We're just 15 minutes away from hour number two of the program. We will kick it off with more NFL conversation. What is taking... The 49ers, so long to figure out, let's just dump Jimmy Garoppolo someplace to get something for him. Lest they're just content to see him walk at the end of the month. We'll go through some potential landing spots for Jimmy G you may have overlooked. And why are the Niners so confident on Trey Litts? We've not seen him in meaningful games beyond a handful of cameos when. Jimmy G was bagged up. And remember, he did virtually nothing his last season at North Dakota State because of the COVID issue. A reminder: Should we find out from the former Attorney General of New Jersey, the great Peter Harvey, not Harvey Keitel, not Harvey Corman. But if we find out anything Deshaun Watson-related, then I go into breaking news mode. I have printed out the Browns' schedule through 12 games, if that's a number. I think for me, because of our experience, and really it's all about me, I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. We're talking more NFL in 30 seconds. Who's going from worst to first? And I'm not going to bludgeon you with every division. It's really an instrument for me to rapidly plow through the NFL. But last week, when we had the opportunity to share the Juan Soto news, how's that worked out for San Diego? Hmm. Glad I was enthusiastic last week and not talking baseball today. And then we were also just getting ready for the announcement of the appeal that we knew was coming from the NFL. It's a different vibe on the program. Maybe it reminded me of a younger, more aware version of myself that we can do this together as opposed to what I'm going to do now, which is get everybody across the NFL involved because there are a lot of terrible teams out there, but the NFL is all about hope. Like you with your fantasy football squad, you hope you know what you're doing, but you're the Dave Gettleman of your league. We know that. Or you hope you can win a couple bucks without having to really gamble because that's all fantasy football has ever been. And if you are tired of me on the radio, here's the bad news. I'm back with you tomorrow. The only reason I am still employed goes back to 2006. I was this close, this close to finally getting a real job. And I talked my way into an audition to be a fantasy football co-host who's supposed to be one day a week And just like a bad aroma, I hung around, I hung around, and next thing you know, I'm at FoxSports.com four days a week. But I had to fake my way through fantasy football shows for six years. And while I was there, I said, you know, we have the studio for four hours. Why don't we do, quote-unquote, real football conversation? Hey, there's Howie Long walking down the hallway. Maybe he can come in as opposed to, who are your vulture fullbacks? But even though fantasy football is still a thing and we're not Going down that road today because Alvin is not here. Fantasy Alvin's getting ready for his snake draft. Yes, coming up. Alvin snake has been an issue many times over the years. The key development in the National Football League is possibility because every year we reset things and somebody emerges from virtually nowhere to win their division. I gave you the Cincinnati example last year. That is not an outlier. Only twice over the last two decades has a team failed to jump up from the bottom to the top. So we can do it quickly. AFC East, it ain't going to be the Jets, although Zach Wilson is a hit with members of the opposite sex who are collecting Social Security. AFC South, not going to be the Jags. A chic pick, though, if you've been paying attention, because all the NFL insiders now have to come up with your... Who's going to be an unlikely team to make it to the playoffs? And I can see some of that pro Jaguar argument, mainly because Herb ain't there to continue. What was the worst coaching run in the history of the National Football League? But what do you know? He got a job. So, if you know Bill Belichick, you can always be employed. And apparently, if you know the right TV executives, you can besmirch your reputation. You can embarrass yourself and be thrown out before the season's halfway done and still land on TV. Because we really need to know Herb's insights on college football. At this point, let's just send the Jags to London, where they belong. Because the league is going to expand... At some point, because that's the last way they can get even more money. Two teams coming to London, your Jags will be one of them. On but we dodge. got a lot more work to do because I got to have better clock management than Herb last year in Jacksonville. Who else can we quickly eliminate? NFC South? Not going to be Garrett Ritz Panthers, even though it seems like a foregone conclusion. Baker Mayfield will be starting week one especially for the payback against the Cleveland Browns, but more to the point, that's Matt Rule trying to appease his boss, the owner, Dave Tepper, who was saying, what have you done for all that money? The answer is virtually nothing. NFC West ain't going to be Seattle. Geno Smith, True Locknuff said, NFC North, stop with the Lion Hope. I understand they had a couple wacky moments on Hard Knocks. So for the first time in six years, that show has been Almost watchable. Let me do one of my favorite routines. Lions haven't won the division since 1993. Haven't won a playoff game since 1991. Haven't won a championship since 1957. Dan Campbell can chew your ankle off. They are not going to the postseason. We're gonna buy the Why is camp Dan off. Campbell not in the WWE, brother? Incidentally, happy 69th birthday, Hulk Hogan probably celebrating with Bubba the Love Sponge. NFC East, the very embodiment of this premise, six of the 10 teams that have gone from worst to first over the last decade have come from what we used to say was the most competitive division in all of sports. NFC East, which has not had a repeat champion since 2004 and ain't going to be the Giants, and stop telling me, I just saw it as a topic on a Talking head show, that... With the question mark as the bailout, can Brian Dayball turn Daniel Jones into Josh Allen? The answer is no. Let's keep moving. AFC West, Russ is going to make Denver much better. They're not going to beat Kansas City. So where do we land? The AFC North with my guy, Squinton Tony Jefferson, who blew up the internet last night. The best tweet of all time. I'm just going to paraphrase And, yes, I know your Stevie Wonder tweets are on the way, but Tony had a moment of clarity, literally, the man, when I put on my glasses, I could see the dumbest thing I ever did, not (laughs) rocking my glasses. Was he Chuck Muncie in 1978? Tony, I admire your candor. Maybe he's just trolling all of us, but I love that decision. The answer is Tony Jefferson, who can see clearly now, and the Ravens. Now, I'm cheating a little bit. Because the Ravens only finished two games out of first place in that division. But here's how I've arrived at this conclusion. I need to see a lot more from Cincinnati. Wonderful story. Go back game by game in the postseason. Let's just say they got a lot of good fortune on their side. And Lamar Jackson has proven that he can get it done in high leverage situations. I realize the playoff record is spotty. But it's time for Lamar, who's acting as his own agent, to sign that contract. He cannot take the field in the regular season with his injury history without a boatload of guaranteed money coming up. I am Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome, talking Jimmy G. Coming up, you're in the jungle right here on CBS Sports Radio.
0: I think I want to start this with a quick question. Do you feel like your antiperspirant keeps you dry all day long? Well then, Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel, and it offers 48-hour sweat and odor protection. 48 hours. Now that right there is a number. 48 hours. Dove Men Dry Spray feels light and clean on your skin, and it's quick and easy to use, especially when you're on the go. Also, Dove Men Dry Spray contains... Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps to protect your skin, leaving your skin feeling comfortable, and it helps to protect it. What I'm saying is, try Dove Men Dry Spray. Goes on dry. Clean feel all day.
1: As always, we have a quick tempo when I'm in the chair, but the goal is to have a conversation Hey, man, how are you? You can pick up the phone at 1-800-636-8686. We will not have a conversation with anybody but you until 40 minutes from now. Jared Bell, longtime columnist for USA Today. And other outlets has been covering the NFL for decades. Honored last week by the Hall of Fame, we will hit on all of the key storylines across the National Football League, in addition to what I'm going to address presently, Jimmy G analysis, to kick off this hour of the program. You want to hit me up on Twitter, that's B W Weber, Weber with two Bs, emails, RomanHaveATake.com. It's not breaking news, it's a developing story. Tom Brady not participating in the joint practice between the Dolphins and the Bucks, citing personal reasons. I'm Brian Weber, and that's your update. Back to you. How do you think those conversations with Tua and Brady have got? And Tua seems like a nice dude. From a distance, maybe too nice, and I'm not going to dust off the fill-in-host handbook. Rip somebody for not having the clutch gene. Can you be nice and be an effective quarterback? React! 1-800-636-8686. But I mentioned it throughout the monologue an hour ago. And as we head back to the quarterback conversation, last hour was what's Bill Belichick trying to achieve at the age of 70 with just some utterly bizarre choices on his coaching staff. And it's great to have Tom in the chair. Have a salient football conversation during the breaks. I threw out the notion that Mac Jones has enough problems. Who is he talking to when, say, he throws a pick and he comes off the sideline? Who is he going to have that conversation with? And Tom pointed out that Joe Judge is the quarterback coach. Based on his extensive years of success for the Rough Riders or the Rough Riders, I forget. One of two in the Canadian Football League. But we talked Brady and we talked Belichick. But I, I did mention that it has been very clear Miami has flirted with every quarterback that they perceived to be an upgrade over two along the way. We have documentation that the tampering case that the league dropped the hammer, quote-unquote, on Miami about last week, although nothing to see here when we're talking about fixing games, tanking games, because the league can't have that. But the conversations... And there's evidence provided by the league between the Dolphins and Patriots going back to when Brady was playing in New England. (laughs) And Brady can say, well, I just took the phone call. I didn't make an outgoing call. But it's interesting that there's been no blowback on Brady. But if you're Tua, you know about that, and he was asked about it, he said, well, but that was really before I had a chance to get established. I'm cool with it because he seems like a low-key guy. We have had the Definitive reports that Miami was pushing hard for Deshaun Watson, but they weren't as foolish as Cleveland to go with $230 million fully guaranteed for a player who I firmly believe, at a minimum, will not be available for a dozen games. I think more likely the outcome is a year-long suspension and a fine approaching $10 bucks because the league is also miffed that the Browns were complicit with Watson and tried to shield his income by having the ridiculously low base salary of just over a million bucks and the signing bonus of $46 million. But you also have the Jimmy Garoppolo murmurs given his relationship with Mike McDaniel, the new offensive-minded head coach in Miami. So should we be talking more about Jimmy G or is the general apathy a reflection of what he has demonstrated himself to be as a quarterback and i'm brian weber in for Jim Rome. more thoughts from you on twitter coming up in 15 minutes bw weber weber with two beasts and i'm going to talk just a little bit a smidge of baseball using the second and perhaps last field of dreams game coming up in iowa tonight anything can happen when garrett ritz cubs 20 games under 500. Take off the last place Reds, but game on. we know that's a gimmick. It's just like the outdoor hockey game we're watching because of the aesthetic and the optics, but if baseball can get us to care about that to a degree, why can't they sell Shohei Ohtani to anybody beyond seven people out of the 30 million who live here in Southern California that's coming up in 15 minutes. But Since there is some apathy about Otani, and I'll give you my thoughts as to why that's the case, feels like, shifting back to the NFL, there's a similar... (sighs) Jimmy G, even in San Francisco, I monitor what's going on in my former marketplace. I am a free agent. No need to tamper with me. You could tweet at me, looking for work. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs, got a nice tweet from the great Damon Bruce used to fill in for Jim holding it down on 95-7 the game, part of the Odyssey family in San Francisco. But Niners fans feel like, and some of that, based on my years in the San Francisco Bay Area, comes down to their sense of entitlement. We're the Niners. Based on our birthright, once Joe Montana arrived on the scene as a third-round pick after the chicken soup game in the Cotton Bowl, playing for Notre Dame, we have earned Super Bowls because we're the Niners. And Jimmy G got us, quote-unquote, and we know really was, the rushing attack in the defense. But Jimmy G was under center in a Super Bowl, and he didn't deliver, and that's fair. Close your eyes, not if you're driving, but since radio is theater of the mind, just conjure up the image of Jimmy G going deep against the Chiefs, Manuel Sanders wide open, and it wasn't even close. And I get it, because I think that Jimmy G has always been just a guy stats can be massaged manipulated i do have a growing appreciation and i fall victim to this but folks who say don't look at wins and losses for quarterbacks they make a strong argument because if you want to prop up jimmy g you just point out how many wins he has as a starting quarterback versus the losses looks pretty exceptional Except if you actually watch football, I know it's a novel concept. It's our job after all, but most of us are watching the games, presumably because we still love the sport. Although you would be surprised if you meet people in our industry. A lot of folks just stop watching games and you hear lame excuses like, oh, this will go over well on Twitter. When you work at McDonald's, you don't want to eat french fries anymore. And, yes, I still eat French fries. Thank you very much. But if you've watched the 49ers, just go back to the NFC title game. Jimmy G just misses too many opportunities. And to get you to another football bromide, thank you, Brohelius, the margin between good teams and championship teams in the NFL is so small. That's where the quarterbacks separate themselves. And Jimmy G has proven repeatedly – He just can't make those throws. Doesn't mean he should be deported. We're not putting him in football jail. But obviously, the team that knows him the best, in addition to the issue of getting hurt, although in fairness, he played the majority of last year. But why do you think the Niners went all in on Trey Lance? Based on a small sample size of college work because of the COVID issue that wrapped up his career at North Dakota State and did not have the opportunity to play much at all that year. But I think sometimes we overlook how much the Niners gave up trading up to get Trey Lance. Three first-round picks when you had, at least the perception said an established starting quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo. And the view from Niner apologist is that Shanahan and Lynch can take things to the next level. Like the Golden State Warriors and their owner, Joe Lacob, said, the Niners can be light years ahead of everybody if Trey Lance can figure out the nuances of Shanahan's offense because he's such a tremendous athlete. And my pushback would be, okay, let's see it on the field. And I realize I'm being unfair, but what we've seen from Trey Lance has been, all right, nothing to blow you away. And for the folks who live and die on every breathless report from training camp, well, apparently he's having accuracy issues again, as we've heard throughout this entire conversation about Jimmy G. Now, that could be leaked by pro-Jimmy G folks, but they have no case to make. Jimmy Garoppolo will be listed as fourth on the depth chart tomorrow night when the Niners take on the Packers. And I hope Aaron Rodgers has to play at least one series just to make him even more miffed he can have more of that magic tea talk more about love we're gonna spend a lot of time on the mysterious developments the psychedelic experience that is Aaron Rodgers but Garoppolo is not going to play for the 49ers and they're not going to keep him around just out of sentimentality because he's due to make 24 million bucks so I'm amazed San Francisco just has not realized this is a sunk cost. Get something for him, anything. And we realize that deadlines spur action. So Jim will be here end of the month, and he'll be on the air when we get more clarity. But if you're San Francisco, unless you have absolutely no concern about where Garoppolo goes, wouldn't you want to control his path, at least potentially out of the division, I guess the answer is no, because they have seen enough of Jimmy Garoppolo on Sundays and more importantly in a practice setting that they just don't think he is going to be impactful. And after Baker Mayfield was given away by Cleveland, in part because Baker wanted out and he's eating a good chunk of salary and all that Cleveland got for the former number one overall pick is a conditional fourth or fifth round pick. What are you getting for Jimmy G? But but something's better than nothing. A reminder of the Colts when they picked up Matt Ryan. Now he's a former league MVP and I think still more productive than Garoppolo. They got a third-round pick, but San Francisco seems content to let it play out. So I think we get to the end of the month. And where is Jimmy Garoppolo going? Well, I think a good way of solving that question. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Room. Your voice can be heard at 1-800-636-8686. More of your tweets coming up in 10 minutes. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs in 30 minutes. We take you across the NFL with Jarrett Bell of USA Today. If we're going to try to divine, we're going to tap into our animal mind like Aaron Rodgers. Where is Garoppolo going? Well, we do have a handful of unsettled quarterback situations. Don't call it a quarterback controversy. That was Joe Montana and Steve Young. Pittsburgh, when you have Mitchell Trubisky v. Kenny Pickett v. Mason Rudolph, that's maybe a competition, and Trubisky's going to win that job. We know ultimately Pickett's going to be the guy because you don't invest a first-round pick in a quarterback to have him sit in the modern NFL. Although, if we're going to do that, where is my guy Devlin Duck Hodges? Best nickname in the modern NFL... Apparently, and I was flipping around the other night, I really need to get a life or hobbies or something that replicates life outside of clutching a microphone. He's in the Canadian Football League. Yes, I was watching the greatness of the Montreal Alouettes. Panthers, I talked about that quarterback situation. It's going to be Baker. They evidently just want to collect busts from the 2018 draft. Not bust that we're going to see in Canton, Ohio, but the former number one overall pick and Baker. And Sam Darnold, who will be playing elsewhere next year. That's going to be Baker. I think it's pretty clear. Seattle is a muddled mess. There is a school of thought that Pete Carroll wants Geno Smith, and he's going to make the decision. So it's not really a desire. It can be a controlled outcome. Watch Geno Smith to start at the beginning of the year to prove that eh, we didn't need Russell Wilson. Now, I've heard this out there. I I don't even understand the logic here. I get paid to come up with arguments. This is the most inane position I have heard in a long time. But like Bill Belichick, Pete's 70 years old. He can do whatever he wants. Sprinting up and down the practice field, looking spry, the silver fox. But how in the world can you stand pat with either Geno Smith or Trey Lance? So Garoppolo to Seattle makes so much sense, and maybe it's just a matter of time. I'll give you another team that's been overlooked, and I mentioned it in the first hour, but the audience is always changing. New York Giants make a lot of sense to me. You're just going to give away another year with Daniel Jones being a turnover machine? Give him six to eight games with Brian Dayball when we see further evidence that Jones is not suited to be a starter in the National Football League, make the move to Garoppolo in a division you might have a chance at making some noise within. Because nobody thinks the Cowboys are world beaters or Philadelphia and Washington with Carson Wentz. But the Giants are just stuck in neutral because the Mara family and the Tisch family don't care that much about winning, in my opinion. Lastly, what about the Rams? Matthew Stafford has a lingering elbow issue. I'm not going to play doctor on the radio, but I live in Southern California. I got to watch these dopey training camp updates on the local news because I'm that key demo, 52 to in the grave, and somebody sweating in Irvine here in Southern California telling me, "Well, Matthew Stafford didn't throw again." There's a preseason game on Saturday. I know he did not participate in the preseason last year, okay? But Matthew Stafford has a long injury history. Elbows are important in throwing the football. Niners don't seem to care where Garoppolo goes. Rams will spend whatever it takes. Because if you are a member of the Walmart family, if your last name is Walton or you married somebody who had the last name of Walton, you have... Unlimited resources. And that's what Stan Kroenke has proven. And you cannot in any way critique the process. It's worked. You can say in many ways they bought a championship. And there's nothing wrong with that. They had to win it on the field. But I never thought I would say in my lifetime Super Bowl champion Matthew Stafford. But the current backup is the immortal John Wolford. i to say that quickly. Wolford. Remember? It's not Louisville. It's Louisville. We've seen him, what, one game to wrap up the COVID season? So if you're the Rams and you're proactive, as they've been repeatedly, you don't worry about finances, why not sign Jimmy Garoppolo? He's proven to be, according to reports, a good locker room guy. Seems pretty mellow there at the podium. Hey, he's already said goodbye to everybody in San Francisco. He did that after the (laughs) the NFC title game. We're not going to see him play for the Niners ever again. So file that one away. And I don't want to be hyper-local, but Stafford has been beaten up over the years, and now he's got this elbow thing. So Garoppolo to the Rams makes a lot of sense to me. 1-800-636-8686. More of your tweets coming up. Keep them friendly. Let's not get too crass. In 25 minutes, more NFL analysis provided by one of the best in the business, USA Today's football columnist, Jared Bell. Up next, just a little bit of baseball. I just can't do three hours of NFL in college football. I know I should. Five minutes on baseball. And I'm not just pointing out, oh, it's going to be a nice night to watch baseball in Iowa. I'm not going to do top five sports movies. Your thoughts? 1-800-636-8686. It's a gimmick, but it's good TV. I'll all be watching preseason football. I will not be watching Little League qualifying play. I spent 10 seconds on that? Aren't we exploiting these kids? I do not need to see a 12-year-old breaking down emotionally because they're not moving on to regional play. And I know the pushback and I don't have kids, all right? I am self-involved. I have nieces, good enough. They don't want to talk to me and I guess that's what I would encounter as being a parent. But I have no problem with the actual games from Williamsport being on TV. A million years ago, when the championship game was on Wide World of Sports with Jim McKay calling the United States against Taiwan. Yeah, Taiwan, not not Chinese Taipei. Taiwan, that was dramatic. That was exciting. And I know why it's on right now. It's cheap programming because you have these kids for free. Do they have access to name, image, and likeness? Probably. Probably. Why not make a buck if you're 12 years old? Because a programming executive who's making a lot more than $1 is exploiting your free labor to put you on TV. That was upbeat. Oh, yeah, we're talking about Field of Dreams, which is a good watch. They can't in any way match the magic of last year. But I'll use that as the foundation. If baseball can sell this to us, according to reports, The TV ad rate is the highest of the entire regular season. They're getting more tonight than they're getting for the All-Star game regularly. If baseball can make us care to a degree about this gimmick, how come they can't get anybody to seemingly care about Shohei Ohtani, who is doing things we have never seen in better than a century's worth of baseball history? I'm Brian Weber, childless and angry, apparently. And for Jim Rome, you're in the jungle here on CBS Sports Radio. (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah. I absolutely love that sound. Brings a smile to my face every single time because... That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. That's why I love that sound. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so upstart, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere and synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. They can do all of that for you. Listen, scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. I know this. I know where we started. I know where we are right now. And I'm still on that journey. And like mine, Shopify powers over millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more more than a store shopify grows with you go to shopify.com rome all lowercase and get a free 14-day trial and get full access to shopify's entire suite of features Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash R-O-M-E right now. All lowercase. That's shopify.com slash R-O-M-E.
1: We roll on on this jam-packed Thursday. Brian Weber with you. You can slide in at 1-800-636-8686. More of your tweets coming up in the last hour of the program. B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs. Now, let's talk football. Pleased to be joined by Jared Bell, NFL columnist for USA Today, who's been covering the league for many years. Jared, how are you?
2: Hey, pretty good, Brian. How about yourself?
1: I am doing well. And before we talk about matters on the field, I want to bring up something really special that you were a part of last week at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, selected as the winner of the Bill Nunn Jr. Award by the Professional Football Writers Association of America for your long and accomplished career. Jared, I know it's not easy to talk about yourself, but what did receiving that honor mean to you?
2: (laughs) It means you've been doing it for a long time. I was really humbled and honored um, in in Canton last weekend. and Really, since they announced the award a, a couple of months ago, it's been been pretty cool and i've heard from so many people in the nfl universe but um i'm not done yet that's the, that's the other <laughs> thing um uh, i'm back to the grind this week and looking forward to you know more uh, years of, of coverage but it, it it has been pretty cool um to um to kind of bask a little bit but yeah i, I want to get back to the grind too
1: Well, congratulations, and they're honoring you in your prime with many good years coming up. So let's talk about Deshaun Watson. We're all waiting to hear the word from the former Attorney General of New Jersey, Peter Harvey, as to how he's going to find in the league's appeal the six-game suspension. Jared, if it gets bumped up to, say, a dozen games or a full year, how do you think the Browns are going to look on the field with Jacoby Brissett as the starter?
2: Yeah, you know, Jacoby Brissett has been a guy, and I've followed him, you know, throughout his career, really, uh, going back to New England. Um, So they have a serviceable uh, backup plan in Brissett. Now, I I think, you know, and the Browns really, it's it's weird when you think about that team, because they're like every other year they're good, at least in the last few years. Um, And so I think they can reasonably – um, and obviously they're a different team with Deshaun Watson and that was their whole plan and the reason for getting him is to see if they can go to another level. But I think they'll be, um, competitive, um, either way, but it's a different deal when you've got Deshaun. But all that said, you know, there's just so much uncertainty regarding <laughs> what's going to happen there. It's, it's so difficult to, to really make a long, range projection on them right now until we hear from Peter Harvey, right? So, you know, Brian, I'm like so many people. We're wondering, okay, you know, how how deep will Harvey go with this suspension? The one thing I can say right off the bat, um, you know, regardless of how many games uh, Harvey determines that Deshaun should, should serve or not, there has to be some kind of counseling and treatment element in the the final decision because I think that was something that was totally lacking from Sue Robinson's decision. Okay. Here's six games. But when we talk about the nature of the allegations against Deshaun Watson, um, to not have counseling and treatment as part of, um, that, 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 that final conclusion, I thought was a miss from judge Robinson. So we could, we can definitely argue on, the the length of the suspension is it six games is it eight games the league has been pushing for a full year and I know as I've tried to process it all just you know as, as a journalist and as someone who has, has covered this league for a long time it has been very difficult to 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 really get a grip on what is really fair or not because as we know Brian <laughs> the, the NFL's court versus the the legal system uh that that we are you know all attached to if you will is is, they're two different things and so on one hand you argue with the sean watson well no convictions in you know a criminal situation but by the other hand the nfl has a different standard so I don't know, that's a a
1: mouthful, I know. Well, there's (laughs) a lot to dissect, and we're all waiting, as you said, for the decision from Peter Harvey. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rum talking football with Jared Bell of USA Today. Jared, I'm here in Southern California where there is a lot of concern about the status of Matthew Stafford with this lingering elbow injury. What's your perspective on how things could play out for a veteran quarterback and the Rams trying to go back to back? We haven't seen in 18 years since the Patriots won consecutive Super Bowls.
2: Yeah, and you know, obviously, you know Stafford's health is you know something to um, pay close attention to, as I sure as I'm sure they are. Now, I just saw a clip uh, earlier this week with Matthew Stafford uh, throwing a no look pass in practice that was pretty good. So hopefully it's not going to be something lingering. But you know, when you start talking about quarterbacks getting up in age and injuries, um, you know, one thing could end up being more serious over time um, than another. So without you know any information to the contrary, you know, I, 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 I don't I don't know what to, to make of it except to say. Um, you know, it, it's wait and see. But when you get back, but back to your question about the Rams and you know their viability as a contender to repeat, yeah, it's there, and it's going to be there. But I think it's also one of those situations where um, you look at the. I think it would be much tougher if they were in the AFC, really. Mm-hmm. But you still have you know Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, Tom Brady, and, and the Bucks. Assuming that this situation with Brady that has him out for a couple of weeks doesn't turn out to be, um, something that, you know, extends deep into the, you know, into the season for them. Um, so they'll be in that, in that mix, no doubt. And it, even, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, their division and I mean, is is, is this the year the Cardinals really, you know, make a push to, to get over the hump? Yeah, I don't know, but I, I think we know the Rams are, are definitely, um, right back there, but, um, yeah, with, with, with Safford and his health, you know, we'll see.
1: Got about two minutes left, and this is an expansive question, so if you can drill down to a team or two, we'll get granular. We know every year somebody emerges <laughs> out of nowhere. Bengals went from last place to the Super Bowl. Are there any teams on your radar that you think could take a big step forward this year?
2: Yeah, you know, and, and you're right, Brian. It's like every year you go into the league, and you say, "Okay, um who's going to be good and who's not right let's say, you know, I think the 49ers are a big X factor, and you know we talked about the Rams a minute ago, and look how close the 49ers were to really um upsetting them and, and going to, going on to, uh the super Bowl so um so that's a team definitely to keep an eye on. I wonder about Philadelphia too. I mean, Philadelphia made some strides um and I, I would think that that's a team that's going to be um you know really competing for the NFC East with the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are the favorite obviously, but you know I, I i wouldn't place a lot of stock in that. Um Baltimore's another team with Lamar, you know they're going to be in the hunt. So we'll see where they go, but it's you know it's always this deal where you know every every year you look at uh, you know somebody and they come you know crashing through as the season goes on. So um, a bit early for me right now to to, to really make a, <laughs> a deep prediction, but uh, yeah, we, we know that that'll be there.
1: We got time because it's just week one of the preseason kicking off tonight. Jared, always a pleasure. Congratulations again on the Hall of Fame honor, and look forward to reading your work for many years to come.
2: Okay. Thanks a lot, Brian. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Jared. Have a good day. Jared Bell, NFL columnist for USA Today. And anytime you get recognition at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, any Hall of Fame, I'm in for a Hall of Famer, Jim Rome. I'll throw it out there. What Hall of Fame do you think I would be eligible for? I don't want to read those tweets coming up in about 25 minutes. I'm not self promoting that. Oh, I could be in the Mike Clutching Hall of Fame. Clutch Cargo, thank you very much. What Hall of Fames do you think that I would have a shot at getting into? Bought a jacket that finally fits, so cross that off your list. Coming up, final hour of the program. I might take a phone call today 1 800 636 8686. Up next. What is motivating Bill Belichick at the age of 70? That's on the way. I'm Brian Weber, and for Jim Rome, you're in the jungle on CBS Sports Radio.
0: I think I want to start this with a quick question. Do you feel like your antiperspirant keeps you dry all day long? Well then, Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel, and it offers 48-hour sweat and odor protection. 48 hours. Now that right there is a number. 48 hours. Dove Men Dry Spray feels light and clean on your skin, and it's quick and easy to use, especially when you're on the go. Also, Dove Men Dry Spray contains dove's unique one quarter moisturizing cream that helps to protect your skin leaving your skin feeling comfortable and it helps to protect it what i'm saying is try dove men dry spray goes
1: on dry clean feel all day easing into the final hour of the program coming to you live from the rocket mortgage studios Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. Brian Weber with you. As always, an absolute honor to be in for Jim. We're going to do it again tomorrow, and then we can all rejoice. Jim is back on Monday. I'm doing my best not to destroy the brand that he has worked so hard to establish as the premier destination in all of sports media. Probably helps I've not taken a phone call, but I am of the mindset we can have a chat at 1-800-636-8686, emails, Romanavatake.com. I'm looking for your huge tweet brought to you by Dell. Inside every growing business, there's an innovator. Dell Technologies has the tools to empower yours, like smart PCs powered by Intel vPro platform that is built for business. Find tech that's right for you by calling a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. So far, just one guest. Good football conversation with Jared Bell of USA Today. In 40 minutes, we'll say hello to our second analyst. Taking across college football with Week Zero, the kickoff festivities, unofficially prior to the normal games that we have On the docket on Labor Day weekend. But we have college football in just over two weeks. So we will go on campus with Pete Futek from collegefootballnews.com. I know many of you find my histrionics about the state of a sport. I love to be over the top. So we will make it balanced. We'll talk a little bit of consolidation, the absolute greed of many programs, and what's going on on the field Because Pete is very plugged in. Since we had that conversation with Jared Bell, honored by the Hall of Fame last week for his wonderful career, decades covering the National Football League, I stumbled across the topic. Sometimes organic developments are the best. With more of your tweets coming up in 20 minutes, what Hall of Fame would I have a shot at getting into? What skills, what particular set of attributes would qualify me for at least consideration the over hall of fame the problem is there's no t's in there right i'd somehow throw a silent t in there enshrinement in the hall of fame blowhard hall of fame certainly full of myself i know so i'm now writing the tweets for you as screened by producer tom who's doing a phenomenal job as always Competent, professional, congenial, well-dressed today, and there's Ridd over there too. Garrett, we're still on the air, correct? So I found, before we jump into the final hour with more thoughts on what in the world is Bill Belichick thinking about the composition of his coaching staff and what's driving him at the age of 70, that's all in advance of the preseason week one kickoff. He had the Hall of Fame game last week, Raiders and Jags. But a couple games tonight, among them the Giants and the Patriots. Since we're talking Patriots, I will acknowledge what I mentioned in passing. Tom Brady has stepped away from the Buccaneers, quote-unquote, dealing with personal things. That's what he told reporters. He's scheduled to return next week. But since I have Tom and I have Garrett, what do they have in common? Now, they are dressed alike. When we got together at 4.30, I mapped that out because I'm just that much of a micromanager. And I said, guys, let's have a little bit of a monochromatic thing. Tom gets embarrassed when I mention that he has squandered an Ivy League education. I'm just trying to get your parents to feel on board about your career path. Tom, a graduate of Columbia University. You know who was the president of Columbia University prior to becoming president of the United States? Dwight D. Eisenhower found that button, huh? Baker Street available? Ike ever party on Baker Street? No, he does not perform well. We all drive in. On demand. There we go. On Baker Street. So just as after leading the Allied invasion, liberating Europe, Ike used Columbia to prepare for being commander-in-chief, Garrett Ritt used the Brian Weber show as his stepping stone, and now has a media empire. And I'm clutching this microphone for dear life, wondering, are we even on the air? Now you know the rest of the story. One hit wonder. Patriot football. I can't sit here and say, Bill Belichick is overrated. Your thoughts at 1-800-636-8686. Only a con man would spin that yarn. Although, there's money to be made going down that road. And I'm not that desperate yet, or maybe I'm delusional. But it is fascinating what's going on in New England. And nationally, there seems to be a, well, Belichick knows what he's doing, right? Kind of reaction. In New England, it's very different. And now I'll get into one of my favorite approaches in sports talk radio. Using geography as a way to sum up why things are different. You see, the East Coast, they got a lot of people. And they yell at each other. So fans are passionate. West Coast, they want to look at the water. But Boston has a real, active, engaged sports media. And people have been following the Patriots for decades, like Tom Curran, I'll throw out an insider, now working for NBC, Albert Breer, Used to work for the Boston Globe. I worked with him at NFL Network. Now taking over the Monday Morning Quarterback gig on Sports Illustrated from Peter King. Peter King showed up, the army of NFL insiders, because there are more NFL insiders now than players in the National Football League. The difference between NFL insiders and the rest, NFL insiders actually get things right most of the time. NBA is just grabbing stuff and throwing it against the wall. Because nobody saw that Durant story coming, right? Even though we have all of these plugged in people. Now, we'll talk about this a little bit tomorrow. Durant continues to try to play 12 dimensional chess, raising the stakes. Not only do I want out Joe Sy, Mr. Owner Man, if you want me to stay, you got to fire. Both Shaw Marks and Steve Nash, the guy he picked to be the head coach, this is like George Costanza trying to get fired on Seinfeld with no success. But Ryan. NFL insiders no have been Ryan. telling us that the Patriots' offense looks like garbage. Button. Sorry. Garbage. Hot garbage. Sorry. And there is a school of thought that you shouldn't overreact anything you see in training camp. And hasn't Bill Belichick earned a massive benefit of the doubt. I understand both of those positions, but I'm only telling you what I'm hearing and what I'm reading. And I never try to pretend that I'm anything close to an insider. Nobody would have me join that club like Groucho Marx, but the consensus of educated NFL views seems to be there are real issues with the basic fundamentals of, For the Patriots. Now, we won't be able to gauge Mac Jones if you care about exhibition football, because according to reports, he's not going to play against the Giants tonight. But in the sessions of training camp that have been open to reporters, basic things like ball exchange from center to Mac Jones to running back are not being executed. Mac Jones is getting beat up with the confines of a practice setting, but has no time to throw the ball. Well, what do you know? Maybe the genius, quote-unquote, although that was Bill Walsh, maybe the Lord of the Rings, the hoodie, has outsmarted himself. Because explain to me objectively, and I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. 1-800-636-8686. Tweets on the way in less than 15 minutes. B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs. Bill Belichick's going to the Hall of Fame. What halls of fame should I be eligible for? That's coming up. But offer me a coherent explanation as to what the Patriots have done in this offseason. Team was not good enough last year. Yes, I know they made the playoffs. That is a low threshold with the added wild card spots at a 17-game regular season. What happened in that playoff game? They got demolished by the Bills. And if you watch games, Mac Jones regressed down the stretch. Not only because he played more than the 12 or 13 games you're playing on Alabama, because you're playing all those regular season games, plus the conference title game, plus the national semifinal and the national championship game. But it felt like, in addition to that game, and I realized it was winning and the Patriots won the game. But remember, there was that game in which Mac Jones was only allowed to throw it three times. How many other quarterbacks would have gone along with that? He's not going to object. He's a rookie. But how many other teams would have said, we have that little faith in our guy. We're going into a shell. We're running it, and we're counting on our defense. Well, how'd that defense look against the Bills in the playoff game? And they lost. They left a lot of points on the field watching that game because Mac Jones had a couple costly interceptions. In the offseason, they decided not to pay their best corner. I was looking at the NFL.com rankings of cornerbacks yesterday. Yes, I need some hobbies. J.C. Jackson leaving New England, going to the Chargers, evaluated as potentially the best corner in all of football. Is that going to help Mac Jones? If now you're going to rely on the old formula, if you're a Patriot fan, you're going to tell me we won multiple Super Bowls with special teams, defense, and a young game-managing Tom Brady. Well, Mac Jones does not have any of the upside, and nobody does of Tom Brady, but Mac Jones has been limited as long as we've known about him going back to Alabama. And it's not bashing him to point out what's self-evident. He is just not that athletic. He lacks a refined NFL skill set. Now he's making the transition from year one to year two with the decline over the last third of the season. And where is he going to get support from? Because the coaching staff, that no longer includes Josh McDaniels, innovative play caller who's learned across his years in the league it didn't work out in part by his own mission because of his ego and problems relating with people when he had the shot to be the head coach in Denver in the midst of Tebow mania well McDaniels has matured but he's not there anymore and he took a bunch of folks with him from the Patriots to Las Vegas You don't have Dante Skarniecki. We never talk about offensive line coaches, but I mention that name because it's a name we always talked about, who was a big reason why Tom Brady never got hit in New England because they had unbelievably precise offensive line play. Well, he's not there. Ernie Adams, the ghost in the machine, the mystery man, whatever he did for many years helping out Belichick, he's not there anymore. But Bill apparently saying, I got this because – I have now two sons on the staff, because if one Belichick mind is great, you can have three now. That's how powerful I am. I can procreate football geniuses, even though they look like they come from a different century, but... Personal appearance is not show fodder as the fill-in guy. Brian Weber in for Jim room. 1-800-636-8686. More of your tweets coming up. B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs. I'm not blaming the Belichick kids. I wish I had a more successful old man. I'd probably be happier and not shouting as much into the microphone. But I do have an issue with pretending Joe Judge knows anything about quarterback play. Or going with Matt Patricia as the play caller. Now, Belichick again is saying, effectively, you folks can't keep up with my supercomputer brain. No, no, no. You're being too linear. We are gonna come about this from a perspective of a collective group of leadership, a brains trust, if you will. Matt Patricia's a rocket scientist. Okay. How did he do in Detroit? What stands out about his tenure in Detroit other than he proved that Jim Caldwell should never have been fired? What did he do in Detroit other than having practices outside because he's a football guy? He was a disaster as a head coach, as was Joe Judge, because other than McDaniels, who I think has a real opportunity in Las Vegas, depending on how much you want to believe in future Hall of Famer Derek Carr. Who stands out to you amongst that entire rotten coaching tree from New England? It hasn't worked for anybody. Bill O'Brien got drunk with power in Houston. He didn't come back. I think he realizes he's got a better situation in Alabama. But somehow... Belichick is not getting a lot of questioning from the national media. And I understand the rationale. He's Bill Belichick. But have we forgotten who Bill Belichick was prior to Tom Brady bursting on the scene as a sixth-round pick? Belichick in Cleveland, one winning season in five years, losing record overall. Belichick has gone 17 and 17 without Tom Brady. I'm not going to go back and read. What's Tom Brady done? Won a Super Bowl. Case closed. So Belichick certainly has earned the right to try to be innovative. I'm not one who's going to critique an attempt at creativity in any forum. I try my best, mildly, not just to be as formulaic as other people, but there's a reason nobody else has attempted this. Because play calling is an art. If you've ever been around any football team on a high level, I'll just give you a college experience, but I've covered NFL teams. Play callers have almost a zen feel to them. And a lot of it comes from having the 19,000 pages that are laminated, but it's also a rhythm. And when to trust your quarterback in the moment. And when to take what the defense is giving you. And yes, Just from a standpoint of intellectual capability, Matt Patricia can pull this off theoretically, but this is not a college seminar. It's the National Football League, man. It's not intramurals. So maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe Belichick will outsmart us all again, but it's not looking good. And for Bill, to answer my own question, what's motivating Bill Belichick at the age of 70, clearly it's all about having more wins than Don Shula at the end of his career. Shula finished with 328 regular season wins. Belichick sitting on 290. Do basic math, he needs four more 10-win seasons, roughly. I don't think the Patriots are getting the 10 wins this year. And if they don't win a playoff game this year, that's four years without a playoff victory. And why do I point that out? Because owner Robert Kraft mentioned independently in a press conference at the owners' meetings in the spring, well, we haven't won a playoff game in three years. So, no, I'm not satisfied with what's going on. And you've read many of these same Patriot books that I have. The relationship between Kraft and Belichick has always been strained. That's not a football scoop. And I don't think Kraft has anything that he has to live up to in terms of an obligation to Belichick. He's paid him a ton of money. He's allowed him now to rebuild this franchise in his own image. How's it working out? Seventeen and seventeen. Rhett, you were seventeen. What about seventy-five years ago? Ballpark one 8686 three six eight six eight six. I'm not singing when I was seventeen. That was a very good. One. I can barely talk. We will get to the college football analysis coming up in just over twenty minutes when we head on campus with Pete Futek from collegefootballnews.com. Your tweets are coming up. I did my best not to be guilty of what I did last week, going all in on Deshaun Watson. However, I can't ignore what I think is going to happen tomorrow. Peter Harvey, former Attorney General of New Jersey, has the appeal. He's had it for just over a week. There's a lot of informed speculation that the NFL in no way wants to Sean Watson to be allowed to show up in a preseason game in Jacksonville tomorrow. Now, the only good news is he'll get booed on the road. In Cleveland, standing ovation because that's what fans do. So as we wait for the appeal decision to drop, which could happen later today or tomorrow, how poor would the optics be if Watson's allowed on the field and can the NFL – Engineer an outcome to block that. I'm Brian Weber, In for Jim Rome, one 800 636 You're in the jungle on an active Thursday here on CBS Sports Radio. Brian Weber back with you. Name for the Hall of Famer Jim Rome. We are winding down. That means we're warming up for tomorrow's program. But more important than that, Jim is back on Monday. Appreciate the company. Keep the tweets coming. B.W. Weber. Weber with two B's. I'll check it out after the program. We have a lot more business to attend to. If I'm talking college football, I'm talking to an old friend, Pete Futek from collegefootballnews.com. Pete, how are you?
3: What's happening, Brian Weber with two B's? How you been?
1: I am doing well. Still coping with the challenges, I'm not going to say decline, the challenges of my beloved Pac-12 conference. So, Well, you got a boost this week. Oh, I Sound did. Blake. Yes, I did, my man. I might keep that job at Pac-12 Networks. Yeah, it's... Uh, it, it's
3: uh, I personally, you could put Whatever, you know, Big Ten games you want on whatever network you want, you put on QVC for all I care. <laughs> all I, you know, who cares at the end of the day, except for the fact that, you know, Pac-12 is going to get some you know, money because ESPN's got to find some uh, product to put on the table here. So, well, don't frame uh, it that
1: way. No, they have a glorious opportunity to embrace the Conference of Champions.
3: And, uh, to, well, yeah, OK, to not, no joke there. The SEC, the ESPN suddenly has the same problem the SEC's run into where they don't have any markets. I mean, if ESPN, boo-hoo, it'll, you know, it'll, you know, it's only hold any bake sales for them or anything. And obviously they've got every other sport imaginable. But when it comes to college football, at least in the regular season, if they're just all SEC-centric, of course, you know, America watches the big Alabama, you know, LSU game or whatever. But are they going to watch Ole Miss versus Kentucky? Not really. And where are your markets? You don't have LA, you don't have New York, you don't have Chicago, you don't have Philadelphia, you don't have Phoenix, you don't you're missing something like eight of the top ten markets when you lose the big ten. So if you get the pack twelve, we all know San Francisco's, you know, kind of a dead space for college sports. But at least you've got the sample. It's market, market number
1: four, and you get Phoenix, you, and you get Seattle. You, you are And Portland. Singing and from and my own City? handbook, Pete. Yeah. Yes, yes. All right. Exactly. But I don't want to be my normal bias self, and we're talking college football with Pete Futek from collegefootballnews.com. Let's talk about a small market that's incredibly important. South Bend, Indiana. What does the future hold for Notre Dame?
3: I've got to believe it's got to be Big Ten. and. I've always, the problem is those two kids, we can't get Ross and Rachel together. At <laughs> I mean, these, they can't, they're both so arrogant. You know, the Big Ten is not going to give Notre Dame any preferential treatment because if they do that, Ohio State's going to be like, wait a minute, we, we want this, we want the, you know, the sweet gig too. And Notre Dame doesn't want to just be thrown into the pile, you know, just be another program. I mean, I mean, not saying that Penn State is that, but, you know, you know Penn State, Nebraska, you know, they, they come aboard and, you know, they're, they're just part of the fun. They're not the standalone, you know, national brand necessarily like they used to be uh, for a variety of reasons, even though they're both monsters, obviously. And Notre Dame doesn't want to be that. I still think, and this is just me being, you know, tinfoil hat time, I still think if you're George Klevikov and you're the commissioner of your beloved Pac-12, how do you not say, hey, Notre Dame, just we'll give you whatever you want, just... You join. You've already got games against Stanford and USC every year. Even though USC's leaving, you already you you kind of fit academically with what we want to be. You know, you're a national p- program that has no problems traveling. What do you want to be the you know the anchor tenant in the mall at, in this in this thing? It's not going to happen, but that would be what I would do if I were the Pac-12. I still think the ACC fits, uh, but I do think. Long winded way to answer your question. I do think the money is just going to be too astronomical to not somehow make this work with the Big Ten.
1: Because the audience is tired of me defending the Pac-12, let's talk about actual games coming up. So we'll start at the top of the sport. Preseason coaches polls out Alabama number one. What did you make, Pete, of the comment from Nick Saban describing last year as a rebuilding season in which they made it to the national title game? Yes,
3: creep. Frighteningly enough, absolutely right. Not only was it a rebuilding season, that was a badly flawed team. Their offensive line could not pass protect. I think they were last in the SEC uh, in sacks allowed. Uh, the you know the offensive line struggled. Uh, the secondary was just okay, and the offense had a weird way of just taking a nap for long periods of time. Like the Florida game, it just decided not to show up for the second half uh auburn it didn't show up until the last like two minutes Yeah, you know, so it was a badly flawed team that look i know georgia people get mad at me at this but jameson williams doesn't get hurt in that game that's a, that, that might be the one that's cruising ties away in the national championship and now they're a whole lot better so the x factor here and i'll say this to all the top teams except even maybe clemson because they actually have some backups what happens if you lose Bryce Young? What happens if you lose C.J. Stroud? Because in the transfer portal era, yeah, all these teams got better. Alabama got better through the transfer portal. Yeah, you know, everyone gets better through the transfer portal, but you lose your backup quarterbacks. None of these teams, you know, Alabama doesn't have a Mac Jones. It doesn't have a Tua. It doesn't have that number two guy. So if they lose Bryce Young for any stretch of time, they all all bets are off then.
1: I'm Brian Weber, and for Jim Rome, we're taking you across the country on campus with Pete Fuettack from CollegeFootballNews.com. Pete, it was refreshing to see Cincinnati jump up to make the college football playoff last was it year.
3: Was it, it, did you have fun with that? Did you did you enjoy? I what did.
1: Was part of the blowout? Did you enjoy? No, because I, I believe in, in the common man. Hey, Pete, I'm not some elitist publisher. Okay, hanging out with the Salzburger family who runs the New York Times. I'm an ordinary Joe. And I defend the common man. So, Cincinnati aside, with two yeah, Cincinnati exactly. aside, give me a team outside of the normal hierarchy. Somebody who could make an unlikely run into the playoff.
3: Am I allowed to say USC? Because they've no, actually been
1: bad no. over the last several years.
3: I mean, when was you, I mean, think about it. When was the USC has been shockingly mediocre? Uh, we did a piece saying who are the who are the winningest teams in the college football playoff era who have not been in the college football playoff. It was a top 20 list, and USC was 20th. I mean, they, they haven't won like we think they've won. Obviously, it's not exactly the little engine that could here. <laughs> uh, but to answer your question directly, Houston to one that could be that team. Uh, but you got to go 13-0, and you need a whole slew of breaks, I still contend. Uh, that if uh, Oklahoma State gets six inches closer to the goal line in the Big 12 championship, they are probably more deserving of being in, and Cincinnati might be out, or at least it's an argument. But Houston's probably that one. But I'm still, again, outside the norm. USC, if you look at their schedule, they miss Oregon. They get they get Notre Dame, but there's not a whole lot there to really freak out about, other than the trip to Utah. And they've got an all-star 22 there under Lincoln Riley to start with the, through the transfer portal. So that's the team I kind of think, you know, never been to the college football playoff. That's probably your newbie. That's probably your new guy who might be in the mix here.
1: Yeah, poor little USC, another one of my alma maters as I read my resume. 60 seconds or less, how long do we have to wait to go to a 16-team playoff?
3: Fast. I, I can't. You're not going to get this. Uh, there's no chance that they get, do all these TV deals. And ESPN's left out there holding the bag without them getting more product and inventory by expanding this thing to 12 or 16 as soon as humanly possible, as soon as the ink is dry, uh, cementing the fact that they are all SEC all the time. Uh, They now own the bowl season. They're going to want to own a lot more of the college football playoffs.
1: And you did it just that quickly. Pete, you're the best. May I ask the setting of this conversation? Are you getting your steps in? Obviously, it's, it's because I'm going to sit in front of a computer for the next six
3: months, and this is where the, the football season 15 kicks in, so i got to do what I can to to, you know, to get stomp that out before it starts.
1: Like an elite, you're multitasking. Pete, I speak for the common man, but we'll have this conversation again, my friend. Take care. Absolutely, sir. Later. Pete Futek, hammering Cincinnati. It can't be the same teams every year. Can I run through the top five in the preseason coaches, poll one more time? Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame. What's the point of this playoff? Oh, oh, Michigan got in last year. That's an underdog. My goodness. They have no heritage or history in Ann Arbor. The whole point of college football in the past was the nuances that made it different than the NFL. And I'm not saying go back to the polls, and we have a split national champion, AP and UPI. But I don't want a carbon copy of the National Football League, but I'm going to be dead wrong because all I got to do, as Pete said, is follow the money. 16 teams coming pretty quickly. Even though Pete was in a wind tunnel or on a Stairmaster, the information was so stellar. That's our huge call. Brought to you by Granger for the ones who get it done. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Call, clickranger.com or just stop by. Want to thank our guests? Just two of them today, and you didn't even make the cut to get on the air. Blame Tom. Well-dressed Tom said... Don't go to the phones. Now, Ritt is screening tomorrow. That means anything can happen. If you want to get on the air, one 800 Garrett, you're going to make it tomorrow? It's Should I be concerned about your whereabouts?
3: Can't you want a carpool? No, you can't and I can't be
1: in the car for 90 minutes. Plus, I got to put some fast food on the passenger side. Allegedly, that's the Hall of Fame you miss, kids. I'm also a Hall of Famer when it comes to the steam room. Not a sauna. I need the full steam. That's coming up. As a narcissist, just looks at that return monitor and says, I could use the steam. So thanks to Pete Futak from collegefootballnews.com. Jared Bell, NFL columnist, USA Today. Tom, thank you for the cameo. Always a pleasure. Ritt, More coffee tomorrow. Alvin will be here. More importantly, thanks to Jim Rome, Craig Hitchin, Spike Askin, David Murnack, all of the terrific people at CBS Sports Radio. Thanks for your tweets and your emails. I'm Brian Weber. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll do it again tomorrow here in the jungle on CBS Sports Radio. Good night.